Damn right, we're recording. You're listening to the Nebraska Hour. It is a part of the Bet Your Ash Podcasting Network. B-Y-A-P-N, B-Yappin, and sometimes when we B-Yappin, we be cursing. Oh well, <laughs> enjoy the show. Hi guys, this is Timmy Nebraska with the, with the Nebraska Hour. And if you or anybody you know has a gambling problem, you can call 1-800-522-4700 or 1-800-GAMBLER. Or if you're in Indiana, you can call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. If you don't have a gambling problem, let's make some money. Welcome to the Nebraska Hour. I'm to be Nebraska. I have a little bit of a tone in my voice today. I think it seems like I think it's because Prime is in Colorado. Um, and we're here with Brock White also, as usual. I am not in Colorado like you and Prime, but I feel like I'm in the prime of my life, so let's do it. Well, um, I hope I'm in my prime of my life, or hope it starts soon. <laughs> um yeah, so a uh, season wrap-up kind of thing. I mean, Huskers uh, hired Matt Rule. Um, I know. I'm pretty sure Brock loves that. Uh, I'm, I'm, I have one guy that I would rather have had uh, that, as we mentioned already, is, is, in, the, is in my same current state. Um, what do you think, Brock? Well, my Matt actual preference – it was expected. It wasn't splashy. It's perfect for Nebraska. I would have preferred Luke Fickle that went to Wisconsin. But as I've over the last few days studied the Matt rule theory, I think we're both going to like the hire as all, um, as all Husker fans should. Um, I, I don't think that it's like a long-term thing. I, I think that he'll, I mean, he's never stayed as head coach for anywhere longer than three years. I think if you turn the program around, he might not necessarily be here for a long, t- long time. And I mean, I think that, that Colorado has the same problem with the prime. I don't think the prime's going to like stay in Colorado for 20 years. You know, like as soon as an SEC or ACC job opens up that he likes a lot, potentially Florida State in the future, potentially um, pick up SEC team that he is going to get a, a giant offer from. Not that it's a money thing, but I think the, the problem with Matt Rule is the same problem that in three or four years, he's going to get an offer to an SEC school somewhere or something and probably take it. See, I disagree there because uh, he did his thing at Temple and then at Baylor and then jumped to the NFL thinking that was his probably his moment. And, I mean, nobody could be a winning coach at Carolina with the way things well, are over there. So I think him coming to Nebraska, I think, you know, what is it, uh, eight-year deal? I think he fills out all eight years and signs an extension. I think, and again, maybe this, I haven't drank the Kool-Aid, but I'm just, if he gets this going, and you know how it will be at Nebraska if he gets it going in the right way, I think he would possibly stick around. I do agree that Prime probably at Colorado for three to four years before jumping to 
you know, the SEC or possibly a Clemson, Florida State. What if Prime went to Miami? How sweet would that be? Oh man, I that that's like blasphemy. There's no he can't do that. There's just I mean our 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 producer over here, Greg, knows that um Prime going to Miami would be like uh like it's it's like a slap in the face to God. <laughs> well, luckily for Prime, there God, is there isn't God. God's name is Uncle Bobby. All right. Yes, he, he yes, will, Dion will that never do that. He will never do that to God. And I see, can't believe see how you this happened. See how this happened. I can't I believe you even suggested it. I enticed him to come to jump in. That was awesome. <laughs> Not to mention the nice little fuck you I got in the comments there. <laughs> Uh, uh, I just don't think that's going to happen. I think my, I mean, Miami and Florida are obviously out because it's a slap in the face to Uncle Bobby. Yeah, well, like just, uh, there's no money way talks it. and bullshit walks, and Bobby about to die. So, um, Bobby, <laughs> um, I mean, he doesn't need money, man. It's not about the money for him. You know, it's not like he's not already rich. It, it's yeah, not but- like. He, it, he just doesn't need the money, and he's his press conferences have been very, very <laughs> vocal about about um um about how he's there to develop men and all these things and stuff, right? And um, also our our little comment, Chaz, what do you think? Uh, Prime stays longer than Matt Rule. What do you think about that? What, what do you think the odds are there? I think. Greg's on par. Like Prime would be plus six hundred to outlast Matt Rule. I put Matt Rule at like a minus one ten to outlast Prime. Um, yeah, I I think that both of them have an I have their eye on on SEC jobs somewhere if if the situation is right. I think that's just the most the most likely thing to happen because of the way the college football is going right now. Like, see, I disagree there. I disagree there. I think Matt Rule hopes that this is like his forever home really yeah because he's moved around so much and you know all the cliche i'm a family man family man family man but they literally snuck into lincoln on like a covert recruiting opportunity to check out the town and when they got back to Carolina, discussed it, love, was in love with Lincoln, great place to raise a family. And Matt Rule's wife drove a van packed with three kids for like 18 hours to get them there to move into the hotel room that he was in initially. So I think, I think Matt Rule's going to stay. Also, I would like to mention to all the listeners that Nebraska does in fact still live rent free in the Colorado Buffalo's minds because at Prime's introductory press conference their athletic director said i think at least twice reminding Colorado friend fans do not sell your tickets to Nebraska fans for next year's game yeah, um, yeah, I saw that too. Um, so I mean, you're bringing in like one of the hottest names in college football coaching, and you adamantly, like, very specifically decide to mention, hey, by the way, let's not let's not have you know two thirds of our stadium be red, okay? 
in our first game with this awesome coach I'm about to introduce. Right, like uh, that, and you, and you know that Nebraska fans are going to be there anyway. Like last time, we was in Boulder a couple years ago. God, it was ridiculous. I went to a bar in Boulder that day, and I was, I mean, usually on game day in Boulder, and I haven't been to a lot of games in Boulder since I've lived here, but usually that specific bar I went to um, is pretty, pretty student heavy, pretty, um, pretty like tailgate party heavy with CU fans. <laughs> and there, I think there was maybe five or six CU fans in the building. It was just a bunch of Husker fans that just took over the whole place. And it's not like a Nebraska bar, you know? Um, there isn't a couple of Nebraska bars and the, there's a bunch of them in the Denver area. There's, I think there's one that I would consider to be a Nebraska watch place um, in Boulder, but, and, but that one was not the one. And um, it was, it was ridiculous. Um, that is funny though, that they, that they, um, mentioned that I, I think two times for sure. Like, like very adamantly. Yeah. So, and- so, but they still think that, that we're their rivals when, when like, that's not true for Nebraska. Like we, we've dominated that rivalry, um, over the, in the past, well, I mean, we haven't played very many times in the last 10, 15 years, but over the, over the past 40 years, we've dominated that rivalry so much. We've had better competition against Oklahoma and when the beginning of the big 12 happened, Texas was kind of the rivals, the inaugural big 12 game where James Brown was the quarterback for Texas and ran a, a, a play action deep ball on the fourth and one to essentially beat us was a heartbreaker. And then the Dewan gross punt return game against Texas um, in 2003 um, was a heartbreaker or 2002, I guess was a heartbreaker. And those games stick out, even in my mind. Still, I remember going to the Dewan Gross game, and it started snowing, and we were in this. I was in this in this band section or the student section with my brother. And uh, oh, don't bring was, up the Jamal Lord was, interception! It was don't be a miracle, man. And like Jamal Lord throws a pick in the end zone in the corner of the end zone with like five seconds to go, and we end up giving a heartbreaking loss. Um, now I've seen a lot of those, as, as everyone knows. Yeah, we've, <laughs> we've covered that. Uh, just speaking of rivals, you mentioned, you know, it used to be forever. It was like Oklahoma. And then for whatever reason, like Colorado and Kansas State thought we were rivals. Well, because we, at the time and, we were the Alabama of, of, of the time of. of yeah, um, so everybody well, right? was our. Everybody, so everybody wanted to knock us off. But now that we're in the Big Ten, just bring it back to this season's review. You know, Iowa, it should set up. We share a border. Schools are very close to each other. Should set up for a natural rivalry. And it was for the first few years in the Big Ten. And then they, you know, didn't dominate us. But, you know, just kicked us in the balls with like, I think it was like three or four straight years of either blowout win or, you know, kick a field goal to win it with no time on the clock. But on this year, Black Friday was Black Shirt Friday. We went as, to the kids, and then we kicked their ass. <laughs> exactly. Took the words. Like, how good was that? Like, we looked great for three quarters, and then... It kind of felt like we let up. You know, fought, like, we, we, fought we thought... tooth and we nail thought not to lose. Which is an improvement in my mind. That's true. That was a really big time win. And you know, it kind of enhances the rivalry because we had nothing to really play for as far as going to a bowl game or anything like that. But we could be the spoilers and keep them out of the Big Ten championship game. 
And, well, um, and that's what I we mean, talked about the last time we were on was, hey, if you can't be there to win the trophy, the next best thing is be the spoilers. Yes, they spoil were the spoilers, else. and they went in there and did their job as spoilers. It was it was that was great actually to, to watch. That was that was a great game. I um, I was glad to end on a high note with 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 Mickey. Now Mickey, um, since then has. I'm not sure what's up with his uh, legal issue at the moment. Um, so yeah, I, it doesn't look not, good. It doesn't look good. Doesn't look good. He's probably not. I mean, he's not being retained, obviously now. And I had hoped he w- he would before, and now that's. I mean, that's out. You know. Um, yeah, that that he, can't happen uh, at all. In he got charged with with a domestic domestic violence misdemeanor and uh, felony strangulation. So that's not a good sign, obviously. Um, no. And also, so, if you look so at the what hires, expect, what do you expect from 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 the rest of the hires and the coaching staff? That's what I was just getting into. You almost beat me to it there. Uh, well, I thought a hundred percent looking at these hires and evaluating it, Mickey Joseph was going to be retained as like an associate head coach, wide receivers coach, and then obviously what happened happened. That's no longer an option. I do, you know. Like, you know, I loved Matt Rule in his initial press conference. I thought he said the right things. He didn't hit too many cliches, but then hit all the coaching ones. I mean, yeah, that's like that's. I think that's just how coaches speak now. Like, oh, it's just like the typical. Um, it's not as like unemotional and monotone as Tom Osborne used to be. But they they make sure that they like play to that to the Nebraska like yeah, you gotta, a lot here you know like, that's just that's just what happens. It's like when a when a when an old band does another tour like we don't want to hear just play the hits. Yeah, yeah, coaches, yeah. Play the yep, hits. exactly, exactly. But I do like uh, the hire of Marcus Satterfield, formerly of South Carolina, as the offensive coordinator. I like that hire too. Um, uh. It's a balanced offense. He can do it with a mobile quarterback, a running quarterback, a pocket passer. You know, it's it's a multiple offense that he can scheme for who he has. I like it. So, so question here, right? So, South Carolina, Spencer Rattler. Is Spencer Rattler going to come to Nebraska? I also thought about that. But also, Casey, Casey Thompson, Ladybug with her. Another appearance. She's just chiming in. She's like, who? Who No. Casey Thompson's coming back. That's what Lady <laughs> Bo says. Um, also, shout out to a uh, current Nebraska quarterback, Choa Purdy's older brother, looking great for the Niners. A fellow Brock. So I'm a fan. Um, Mr. Irrelevant there also, which I thought was I thought was interesting. That, I mean, he was he was the last pick of the draft and had a really good game. Yeah, he um, became very relevant, right? No, yeah, um, yeah, he definitely did there. Um, that's interesting too. I, I, I kind of like that he's going to get a chance to play. Um, so I don't know what Rattler has as far as eligibility. I know Casey Thompson can either transfer out or stay. I know we have Chubba Purdy. Uh, I think honestly, uh, Logan Smothers. Uh, I think he entered the portal. But if he, I mean, he should have got a way, way more of a look. I think that was a fault of Frost and 
uh, his staff that he didn't get a better look? I thought that he was more the guy to run the up-tempo offense that Frost had ran before as well. I thought that he was more – like, until Casey Thompson got here, I thought that he was more the guy to, to run that style of offense, and we just never gave him a chance at all. Exactly. Um, also, I, I think I mean, it's interesting – I think that, that uh, Spencer Rattler has has maybe two years eligibility left because he was a freshman when he got benched in Oklahoma. Did he get a COVID year two then? Maybe. So he might have he might have two or three years left That'd if, be if he wants, you know. And now I think that by then, by the time that if he wants to, if he gets here and doesn't play or if he plays one year or whatever the case is, that – um there's a chance that by then we'll have some like big, like bigger name recruit that'll be all that'll be, I mean, supposed to be awesome, you know? Um, uh, I think so the recruiting wise, we'll get some guys. So, real quick, before we get into the recruiting side, I want to get your thoughts on the only coach that was retained by Matt Rule was Donovan Riola, who was given his first ever real coaching chance he was an assistant with a few nfl teams and grad assistant with some college teams but he was retained as the offensive line coach what do you what do you think about that um i mean i don't i don't hate that i mean i don't know a ton about him i'm not sure because like as you said like it's his first real job so we'll, we'll see how it goes i mean you expect improvements when you hear the name in nebraska when you hear the name rayola you kind of you know you, you know what that what the name comes from is 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 a Dominic and, and Donovan both, so um hopefully um he improves our offensive line drastically, which we greatly need. Like that is the one thing that made us look so bad in several of these games is that for the first time in a long time we have a real quarterback, but we can't fucking block for the guy and he's on a run all the time. He's just I mean he's out there for his life every 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 game and well the the efficiency when he has time in the pocket was amazing. Well, and that's what impressed me in the win against Iowa is they had one of the best defenses in the Big Ten, and Casey had time. And I thought the offensive line improved throughout the year. I thought they were better. In the downhill run game, now all of our running backs have entered the portal, which isn't ideal. But once yeah. we get to the <laughs> once we get to the recruiting, I'll let you know why I'm not worried about that. So do you, um, why jump- do you think that Grant and all these guys left though? Like, I mean, we're I just don't get Grant had a great season. Now maybe because he had a great season, he's gonna go. He's gonna go transfer to a SEC team that needs a back. But um, I just think that's but, like the in vogue thing. Like, oh, they fired our coach. I'm out. I'm going here. in the portal. You get re recruited, essentially. Yeah, because they enjoy, you know, these young kids. I I feel so old saying that, but it's true. Like these kids, they enjoy the recruitment, so that they can put on Twitter and Instagram. Like, just got an offer from you know. A&M and Alabama and oh, I'm going to visit Georgia. Like, here's me, you know, in Baton Rouge. Here's me in Tallahassee. Here's me, you know. You know, and, and I get that too because, like, it's not like it's, it's not the guy that recruited you. So, like, until unless and if they don't reach out to you right away, you feel like you're maybe not wanted anymore. So, I, I totally get that in a lot of ways. 
But um, so I, I get that if you could be a free agent and be able to go somewhere else and, and like you can pick which who your coach is again, like you did the first time, that makes a lot of sense to me as far as where am I going to be able to go develop the next level? Well, maybe, well, your, was- maybe your best spot is where you're at. You just don't know that yet. So they answered, but the, the transfer portal time frame is so short. They have to declare what they're going to do kind of quickly. So like they don't give a chance for some of these guys to talk to the players and, and, essentially re-recruit them to the school they're already at. Well, and that was always the biggest argument for the transfer portal, right? Is that at any time your coach and the whole staff could just disappear into the night to take a different job. And you're but stuck. if you wanted, you're either stuck there or you have to transfer out, sit out a year. Yeah, and that sucks. And so now – Everybody gets up in arms when there's a coaching change made or multiple coaching changes that happen every year. And suddenly, you know, there's 1,200 players in the portal and not that many scholarships available because you have, you know, an incoming class of recruits. You have grad transfers and all that as well, which I think they need to do something with a grad transfer to kind of with the, you know, to supplement the numbers. You know what um, I'm saying? I agree with that too. Um, I, I agree with that 100% as well. I think I, I like the portal because it gives the kids the freedom to do what they want to again when they're, and there's, it's not like that they're locked in and they can be, they can be abandoned. They can do what they want to also. I like that freedom of being able to do that. I really appreciate that they fixed that problem actually. But well, at the moment, just, it's it, a little bit ridiculous as well. <laughs> it does look ridiculous, but like the thing I don't like, I'm in favor of the portal. Because it gives yeah, them the freedom. But I don't like the way it's reported on. It does get ridiculous. It does seem ridiculous. But you can't... Like, these are kids. These are kids. You can't blame them for, like, hey, I had a great season here, and we just fired our coach, and, you know, I'd rather have somebody that wants me so I yeah, yeah. have no, a that's what to I put mean. my name that's, out that's there. That's 100% what I mean. And, you know, if the new staff reaches out to me, I'll drop out of the portal and just come back. Yeah. The, the, yeah. the way the way it's covered, and there are some, I'm sure, a percentage of the players in the portal are just, well, I came here to play and they redshirted me, so I'm going to transfer out because I should be playing. It's like, well, you don't know shit about fuck because you're a child, and maybe you should have just worked man, harder. I would want to play, too. I want to play immediately also. I don't want to have to sit there and, like, Fucking wait if I don't. I mean, if I'm a higher, I have like a pretty high ranking recruit, I want to come and play. So I yeah, get that, but, that too. So but if um, you're a three star wide receiver at LSU a couple of years ago, sitting behind Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, and uh, Thaddeus Moss, and you get redshirted, and then you're pissed off because you didn't play behind, you know, three future pro bowler guys that are going to be that dude could have went to a smaller school and started yeah like you should have made a better decision yeah i agree with that too so there's two sides of every sort so you're like the recruiting guy for me right because i don't get into the whole recruiting thing until like until close to the season and then i read about what we what we got and stuff i don't get too hyped on a lot of kids and a lot of that's because like they red shirt or they transfer or whatever. And for the last, you know, five years or so, we've lost our biggest recruits to transfers almost every season. Um, Trey Palmer's gone this year as well. 
So like, I, I don't get super excited about a lot of Nebraska recruits and players and stuff. So, so what, what do we got to look forward to in recruiting? I think you're going to like this. Uh, so one of Matt rules principles as he's building this coaching staff, there's still some slots open. Uh, I can, we'll talk about like the hires here in a minute, but his recruiting style is he doesn't and we've already seen it like if you follow the recruiting trail like I do he's not talking to a bunch of you know four and five star guys that are you know playing for their high school and then playing for you know a nationally syndicated seven on seven team and then going to all these Nike and Adidas and Under Armour camps. His recruiting uh, philosophy is that he's a development guy. So he wants a bunch of giant monster freak athletes. We're going to recruit them, get them on campus, and we're going to develop them into football players. Now, does that sound familiar? To you, um, it does kind of, but also like some of the time to change. But if we want to be elite as far as competitive match, like really competitive and like have a chance for titles, we need to get the four, the four five star receivers and shit like that. We need a great offensive line that we can develop. That I mean, that's 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 uh, something I like about him is that you can develop monster players into into linemen easily. You can develop great athlete, great athletic big kids into being really great linemen. But I want talent. I want I want some of the, I want some of the big name the big star kind of guys I want I want some breakout guys, and we haven't had that for a long long time. The closest we've had that okay. in the last fifteen years has been Trey Palmer. So the reason I asked you if that sounded familiar because that's the exact formula that Kirby Smart used to get Georgia going, and then once sense. they had the freak athletes that they developed and were not only having success on the field but going through the draft, getting drafted, having success in the league, that's when they started getting the four and five star guy. Same thing Nick Saban did at Alabama. And LSU. And LSU is just get me – and it's the same thing Matt Rule did at Baylor, is get me a bunch of freak athletes. I'll teach them how to play football. Like I need track stars on the outside, and I need bullies – on the lines. And that's another thing I like about the Matt rule hire is he consistently talks about, you can't, you can't be good at football. If you consistently don't dominate the line of scrimmage, if you want to be good at defense, you have, you can't get pushed back three yards. Yeah, I agree. That's, that's the, that's, that's a, I a hundred percent agree with that is that um, the idea of being good at football and the easiest way to dominate is consistently is if you went up front because in, in college football, I mean, your players are going to change. You're not going to have the same quarterback or whatever. Well, if you dominate the offensive line and defensive line, then it, it seems like that Matt Rule is going to run the ball a whole bunch. Well, and that's what I love about the Matt Rule hire and also the staff. I guess we'll get into the coaching staff. Uh, Marcus Satterfield, offensive coordinator, was at South Carolina – Basically had, like, I guess what would be called, like, the old-school pro-style offense that 
they could be balanced. If they needed to throw it 50 times to win a game, they'd throw it 50 times. They wanted to run it 80 times to win a game. They'd run it 80 times. You know, ended the year, his last two games at South Carolina, you know, housed Tennessee and also, you know, put some points up against win, Clemson. We shouldn't give the Tennessee win as much credit as, as, as we do right now. I mean, when Hooker got hurt, the game was over. Then, like, without Tennessee's quarterback, the game is over. And that's another – still, speaking of that whole quarterback thing, my whole problem with Nebraska still is we have to have a quarterback. So, I hope Casey Thompson is really good if he, if he has an offensive line. I hope offensive line improves a lot. Well, and that's just about the Tennessee-South Carolina game. Yeah, if Hendon Hooker's in there, it's a different game. Tennessee probably does win. Maybe. I mean, it was a really, it was a really great game, but like it wouldn't yeah, have been but, those extra 20 points wouldn't have been scored potentially. Yeah. But Satterfield's offense had the opportunity to just go wild and they did. So that's I like what that. I was, you know I what I'm saying? Say, Brad, I, I, I hope that the offensive coordinator hire is fantastic because, um, I really, really uh, want to see Nebraska score 50 fucking points and stuff again every now and then. I want to see us have an offense that's fun to watch again. So also another thing I like about the Matt Rule hire and the as he's assembling his staff is you look at, you know, we've talked about Satterfield and Riolo, E.J. Barthel, Jake Peets, and Adam DeMichael, I believe. Those would be the running backs, quarterbacks, and possible wide receiver coaches. See, as far as, far as the average, the average fan though, those are no name guys. No, you know but what I'm saying. Like the kind of, I mean, but they're not, it's not they're, like names everybody knows about. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? They're not splashy, but here's why I like him. And like the Matt Rule hire wasn't a splash. That was kind of like known since Matt Rule kind of was fired. a little. I mean, he was he was the guy that everybody seemed like they wanted. So like, I get that. But that's why I like the biggest splash Nebraska is going to make. Yeah. And I like it because Nebraska shouldn't be making splash hires because Nebraska isn't splashy. There's no, it's the most landlocked state in the continent. I mean, I still wanted prime. I mean, yeah, but so Matt rule likes to hire guys who have either playing or coaching experience in the NFL and are Supreme recruiters. And so far, Everybody he's hired uh, has recruiting. Like, if they coach at a college, they have NFL coaching experience. He's like an assistant or something like that. But they also have coached in college. Uh, but at their college stops, they've been either the head or a part of the recruiting director office. So they're all recruiters. They all have specific regions that they have connections to, and that's where they'll recruit. And it covers everything from the hot spots, you know, South California, Texas. You know, they've got the whole Northeast covered. They've got, you know, a couple of guys who have contacts in the Southeast. And so, so we, so we got a, they have a long, a long, res, a good resume at least. They're not like household name by any means, but it seems like he's putting together a good staff, right? So no, they're um, not they're not household names, but they are a big enough or familiar enough name to walk into a high school that regularly produces 
you know, high-end Division One talent, and those high school coaches know they have a relationship. So when they get a call from one of these now Nebraska coaches, you know, they're, they're, they're they have a relationship, and they're going to be honest, like, yeah, I got a couple of kids you want. All right, so with that note, let's wrap it up here a little bit, right? So, we, I mean, Nebraska's season ended in a, in a good way, on a, wing, on a high note. Um, got got Nebraska's guy as a coach. Got a great staff. Have outlook for for next year, um, and in the future. And and our first game is against Prime, which is exciting as well. Um, yeah. So, um, next week we have. Uh, I I I I don't know how we're gonna do this. I guess we're gonna do a three way three way bull extravaganza probably here. Uh, Greg and I's annual bull extravaganza early next week. Um, we go through and pick all the bull games against the spread, and then we compare which ones we're on the same side of, and um, the winner buys. Uh, we've been playing for lobster rolls, or I think we played for uh, chick parm at, at the Four Seasons a couple years ago, but then they closed for COVID, so we didn't do that. Um, so technically, I'm I'm up a lobster roll or or a, or a dinner still somehow. So um, but that's next week. That's next week. It was the palm. Yeah, it was the palm. The, the chick palm at the palm. That was what we, what we played for the one year. So um, with that, we can't just close it out by saying goodbye. So you can find me, Timmy Nebraska, and all your social media stuff. And Brock White is Brock White eighty six, right on Twitter. That is correct, my friend. And you can find our podcast on Spotify and all your favorite podcasting um, outlets. And at, also you can find us at betyourash.com. And if you would do me a favor, because we're trying to eventually make some money off some of this stuff, you know, if we get rated high enough and get enough listeners, maybe somebody would be like, hey, you guys probably sponsor us, throw in a commercial or an ad read. Um, so rate us. Review us, leave a comment about how you know we're smart or dumb or handsome or not attractive, and uh, make sure you tell all your friends. And if you, if you own a company and you've heard me talk on this B app and network, you know that if whatever you send me as an ad read is going to be hilarious, not because you intended it to, just because I'm an idiot. So, man, I remember doing the the gambling anonymous ad read the one time it was awesome. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but with that, uh, we're gonna get out of here. Have a good night. Have a good day, guys. And let's uh, do the uh, the 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 uh, the um, bull extravaganza next week. It's always exciting, and we've always done pretty well. Or we tie. Yeah, and I'm Brock. Or you're Tim Cullen, Tim Nebraska, and I'm Brock White. <laughs> and we're out.